Let us go to God. Gracious and loving God, we come right now thanking you for this, your mercy, your love, and your grace. God, we appreciate all who come into the household, not only to receive, but also to serve you. For on this day, Lord, we lift up all our families who need a special healing and a blessing from you. Whether there's sadness because of grief or whether there's sadness because of health conditions, Lord, we know that you can turn the sadness into joy. So, Lord, I ask that with your guidance that I can call upon you to bring down a word that will speak unto each of our hearts, that will allow us to know that your undying love and grace is sufficient. So, Lord, I ask that you move me behind the cross, let the words of my mouth the meditations of my heart be acceptable. For I ask that you would cover me with your spirit so that our eyes and ears and hearts and minds and souls may receive that which you have sent forth to us through this your word. Cover me, dear Lord, that you would nurture us through your word, teach us to accept your freedom, release us from your fear and any unforgiveness that resides in our heart, that we may receive the power from on high to serve you like we've never served you before. For God, you are enough, and we are blessed that you know us and that we are covered by your presence. We ask all this in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. What does it mean to have home court advantage? If I was speaking today to a group of sports persons, they could immediately say, home court advantage is our court, our space, our team, our bleachers, our cheerleaders, our house. And we know we can win there. Amen? Amen. If we were talking with a family, who had reunions in a lot of places, and people lived in a lot of different cities, home court advantage would chances are be the place where either they had the most fun or the house where they spent the most time. But when the reunion came, they wouldn't necessarily have it in City X, City Y, Cross Town. They'd bring it on back home. They'd bring it where the pots were cooking, the favorites were being made, and everybody knew the soul and the heart of the family was in that person's kitchen. And if it was in the kitchen, it would at least be the city. It would be close by because everyone would be drawn to home court advantage. What is home court advantage when you're talking about the spirit? Well, that's what we're going to look at a little bit today. We're going to explore some things. And you're going to wonder, what do you mean, Pastor King, about having the gifts and having them in service and then allowing God to offer up home court advantage? We have four scriptures that have compiled the lectionary passages for today. And I want to share with you just a few lines from each of the scriptures. They've been listed, and Mr. Body read the ones that were posted very well, but I want to highlight just a few words from each of these. 
the Old Testament reading of Nehemiah chapter 8, I would like to read to you verses 9 and 10. Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, who was the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, and said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet wine, send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Psalm 19, a lot of our affirmations today were centered around Psalm 19, but I want to lift up these two verses. Psalm 19, verse 1 and 2, and then I want to drop down to verses 13 and 14. It says, The heavens are telling the glory of God. The ferment proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are words. There, are, there is voice, but is not yet heard. Yet the voice goes out through the earth, and there are words to the ends of the earth. Verse 13 says, Keep back your servant from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. First Corinthians 12. Mr. Bonnie read the whole liturgy piece from 12 to 31. But verse 12 simply says, For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body through many are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we are all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And Luke closes its passage. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in the hearing. A lot of times we don't understand yet all the connections. And I want to share with you the focus that we're going to look at is what exactly was fulfilled and what does it mean to have home court advantage. If you want to know what's been fulfilled, you have to first say, where did this part of Luke come from? How did this connection get set forth? Because if we're to understand the favor of the Lord, we have to dig a little deeper into our scriptural understanding to make sure that we see the connection. For many things in the New Testament show the fulfillment of what was expressed in the Old Testament. So let me take you back to Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. And the word of the Lord simply says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release the darkness from the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness, instead of mourning, a garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That is dramatic poetry. That is experience to tell us that the Lord God's favor is upon us. And you may say, why this year? What is so big about this year? Lord, you've been talking about this year. Seven is a mighty number. Not that it's greater than eight or different than nine. But seven is a symbolic representation of fullness. There are numeric definitions that we look at, and when we've gone through experiences and seasons in our lives, we get to a certain point. That because of God's greatness, because of God's ability to say, I want you to mature in your faith. I want you to know something you haven't known before. Now I'm going to take it in this sense. Do each of us remember what our children were like when they were three? Giddy, runny, jumpy, just excited. And I mean, you would say the terrible twos was one thing. But the terrific threes was everything was great. Terrific, great, fantastic. And you were happy too because they had finally been potty trained. And you say, thanks be to God, I don't have to look at that anymore. Well, think about it in our own spiritual journey. Some of us have been on the journey with Christ about three years. And we just start to eat our meat, drink beyond the formula, and we're starting to say, what does it mean to be connected to God? And we say, it's just great. It's just marvelous. It's just fantastic. We're just excited in Jesus. And somebody say, live long enough, boo. <laughs> you may not be that excited no more. But the thing that we have to remember in the favor of the Lord, God says I can offer you gladness each and every day. Yeah. The same excitement that you have at three, you ought to be able to risk it. And it ought to shake the foundation of each of our lives. We ought to wake up and stop. Yeah. But some of us say, Well, the glory of the Lord, I've had a year of mourning. I've had a year of challenge. But Luke says in his passage that this was the fulfillment. So if you take the Old Testament where the promise and the covenant was being made and march it over through life and experiences into the New Testament and we lay down and we look at what Luke is really saying. He's saying unto us, when we are filled with the Spirit, the mountains can be moved. Situations can be changed. Mourning can turn upside down. It's not that we don't have the sadness. It's not that we don't feel the feeling. But we know the Spirit of the Lord has come upon us in a way that He will walk with us, carry us, take us into newness, promise us and commit with us and hold us tight. But then He says, remember when you were three years old? And I text you. And then you got to seven. And I say, hmm, what were we like when we turned seven years old? 
Seven years old, we walk into that little part of newness and says, I can get this. I can get this for myself. I don't need your help. I got this, Grandma. I got this. I got this. I can open the door by myself. And then seven, we go full circle. What we were known as as little children, we are now into a new part of life. And if you look at every so many years, your life cycle turns about every seven to twelve years. And you ask yourself, how was I seven years ago? Look at the calendar. Was your body different? Was your mind different? Was your heart different? Was your spirit different? I bet it was. I bet it was. But there's part of you that has discovered just one new nugget about how great God is. Because if we're true to ourselves, where we were then and where we are now, he's moved somewhere in our lives. Some he's moved a lot. Some he's moved a little. Some we would like him to move more. But guess what? Keep praying. Because God is a good God. God is an awesome God. God is a fantastic God. God is a mighty God. For it is through the home court advantage that we begin to recognize that it's not like playing basketball. It's not like playing the Super Bowl. It's not like hooping and skipping and jumping. The home court advantage in our spiritual life is wherever God has turned the spirit on. You can be at home court advantage in a foreign land. And when the spirit comes upon you, you can simply say, Mmm, I know that feeling. I know that sense. I know he's got me. I know he's covering me. No matter what the situation is, no matter what the details are, my heart is warm. Because he's got me. For you have to be willing to look beyond just the words and step into a place that says, what does it really mean to understand home court advantage? We're in the book of Nehemiah. The covering that was set forth in there. They were talking about public prayer. They were out in the square of Watergate. And any of us that lived in the 70s realized that there was another Watergate in America. Some of y'all say, I didn't even know the word Watergate was in the Bible. Check out the book of Nehemiah. Check out the man that built. Check out the scriptures that are talking about being reconciled and connected unto Christ. For Nehemiah wanted people to realize that though he was the governor and Ezra was the priest and the scribe, that we needed to be about sharing the word of God. And he wanted it to be said in the public places. He wanted people to learn how to lift up their heads and bow down unto God. He wanted to recognize that it was about embracing how we are to look and feel and live in our spiritual journey. Every place you go, you're not comfortable lifting up your holy hand. But guess what if you got somewhere and you decided you was going to walk in through the secret places of the room and you just wanted to throw your hands up in there, wave them like you just don't care, bow down on the ground and say, before I walk into this classroom, before I walk into this job interview, I'm going to thank God for bringing me this song. I'm going to thank him because he made me. I'm going to thank him because he woke me up. Kind of I'm not sure I want to let nobody start wave a little. Wave a little over here. 
God is saying, I need you to proclaim and to know me. So if you want the Spirit to come down like He's never come down before, you need to act like you know Him because He already knows us. But then if you say, well, what does it really mean? And in the Psalms it says, day to day we will pour our wisdom and knowledge in our speech. And I'm a picture tent right there. So a man thinketh, so a woman thinketh, they are. And a lot of times we speak things into existence. We speak our challenges into a way that we don't want to talk about the goodness of the Holy Ghost. That's why I looked around and I said, I want y'all to understand, maybe you haven't been here every single week, but there's children that are coming unto Christ in this house. There are people whose lives are being changed in this house. Yes. And everything ain't normal. But when the Spirit runs down, yeah. he said, I spoke into existence that there would be life and that there would be life abundantly. So we have to be willing to look at not only the prophecy and the Bible speaking, but the fact that he reminds us that we need to have the joy of the Lord, that we need to have the Spirit, that we need to recognize that the knowledge that we have is given from God. There's not one thing I know that God has made sure that it's come into my spirit and made me know. My knowledge did not come from the book. I can read all day, but if I don't speak unto God and allow God to nurture my heart, it will slip out the other side of my brain. It will come and go. But if I ask God, could you help it to stick and stay? Now, I don't know what you're saying, but I say bring it back to my remembrance. Because the bottom line is there's a lot of things that flow in and out. But I want God to stay in my mind. I want him to govern over the special and secret places. I want him to have residency over all the things that come and go. So if, if I speak it out of order, and I'm not perfect, none of us here are perfect, but there are times when I'm not speak before our brain has a chance to say, time out. Should have kept that one to yourself. Because there's times when we as human, our human nature will grab upon our tongue and we will speak things. We will not bless the Lord. We will curse him. And it is through that we have to understand that he is an awesome God, a God of forgiveness, a God of love. And he knows each and every one of our challenges personally. But because we don't bow down and because we don't yield unto him, because we don't seek his understanding of the situation, we sometimes speak and go left and right when he was calling us to go straight forward. Oh, yeah. In 2007, we've got to tell the truth and shame the devil. We've got to talk about where we are today, not about where we used to be, not about where we could be, not about the shoulda, wouldas, and couldas. We have to be really willing to come together in holy conversation and talk out today so God can bring forth through the knowledge, through the power, through the understanding that we are his people, called by his name. And that we are to come into the light and be able to worship publicly, call him holy, me receiving the joy of the Lord. Raise up our hands that we would be able to invite our children and our children's children into a relationship of holiness. It's not about being holier than thou. It's about being humble before the throne. It's not about being greater than great. It's about seeking excellence in Jesus Christ. For as we get into this, the letters in Corinthians, 
Corinthian was struggling. It was one of the cities where Paul had planted a church. And the church was struggling because they wanted to separate the fine tooth situation. There was divisionary issues that they wanted to address. There had been some false teaching in the past. And then when Paul began to bring forth through certain types of teaching, people were, "Mm -mm, that's not what we do. (laughs) And they had many people in the body, but the body was disconnected. And they wanted to elevate one set of gifts above the other set of gifts. Yes, there is order. Yes, there is direction. Yes, there is leadership. But all of us need to understand serving leadership calls all of us to serve. We serve in our gifts and through our gifts that the spirit would run down. That we would be able to serve with glory and righteousness and honor. I don't pretend to have more gifts than I have. But the ones I've been called to have, I call and I ask God to help me walk in the gifts I have. When somebody brings forth the gifts that they have, I want them to step out boldly and say, that's the gift I have. But we want to bring it in in a system, in an orderly fashion, that all the gifts can be coming to the table. To glorify the one and true and living God. It's to glorify that who hung on the cross. It is to glorify Jesus Christ. It is the one that's going to glory in God to a sovereign God. Oneness is the home court advantage And the spirit of the Lord brings forth the home court advantage And it is when we choose to walk in that oneness The glory goes to a whole nother level You ever been to a place And the team that was supposed to have home court advantage Was playing really bad and you were excited because you was on the other team. And your team was winning. And you was jumping for joy. Hey, hey, oh, oh. I mean, you were just jumping and leaping. You had taken over home court advantage at that, at that building. Because the other team wasn't relying on its home court experience. It was playing. One guy said, as soon as I get the ball, I'm going to shoot. And the other guy said, could you pass it to me? That's the place he practices. I got the ball! (laughs) No, he can't make a three-point shot from nowhere. Never made one. And just a shooting from every point of the field. And you say, but your team is winning. And your team has home court advantage. Well, that's what it means in another way to allow the Spirit to guide you. Because you're willing to work together with one another. You're willing to say, you know what? Ah, let's see how we can make that happen. But even in the spirit, there needs to be communication. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need to talk to one another. And the secret there is with one another. In your house, you need to talk to each other. All these notes passing on the doorway. I left a call on the cell phone. I've been trying to reach you. I don't pick up after 2 o'clock. We got to get back to talking with each other. We need a cell phone free day. And with a cell phone free day, you might be able to reach out and really touch one another. 
You might be able to go to lunch and enjoy having lunch with one another. You may be able to really pray with each other and say, Oh, my, my, it's, it's vibrating on my head. Turn it off. Just turn it off and talk to one another. Be with one another. Communicate with one another. My machine talking to your machine. And then I said, well, I didn't answer my machine because it wasn't blinking red. I don't even know what the blinking red is. But the bottom line is God is calling us to be in a spiritual connectedness. Not just on a spiritual journey out here by ourselves. We are to connect with the Trinity, one true and living God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because if we are to connect and receive that power and recognize that this is the year of the favor of the Lord, then when we get home court advantage, we have to be willing to move in home court advantage. We can't just get the home court advantage and say, ooh, let me bask in home court advantage. Oh, isn't home court advantage just beautiful? Oh, it's glorious. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, isn't it exciting? We have to live and breathe and be a part of what it really is saying we need to be about. For the oneness in Christ is understood. It's not that the gifts of teaching and preaching are greater. It's not that other things are beyond us. It's the reality that God is truly able to do exceedingly and abundantly well. The oneness is knowing that Christ has made us strong enough to embrace one true and living God. So that at this point, I say to you, Home court advantage brings forth unity. It doesn't limit our gifts. Home court advantage brings forth the understanding that one true and living God is real. It doesn't mean that things can't happen. For the power of the Spirit will come down. The wholeness that Jesus offers us, the connectedness comes forth, and we are dedicated to serve God and God alone. So I say to you this day, I thank each of you, each of us, who have decided that I'm going to serve God and let my gifts go forth. But don't serve alone. Invite somebody to serve with you. Don't serve in exclusion. Serve in connectiveness. Don't serve without calling on the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you have never said, come, Holy Spirit, come before it's now time to call on them. Maybe you called on them in secret. Or maybe you were afraid that you would suddenly wake up and act like something you didn't know. But the bottom line is we all need a touch from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make you lose your mind. It makes you gather who you really are. It doesn't take away your life. It brings life into you. It doesn't take away a who and what you may think is special. It sets your specialness on fire. It doesn't move you into a place that you're out of control. It sets peace and guidance and direction. And it frees you from all bondage and hurt, harm and danger. It sets you in a place that will set your life on fire. For the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is power running down upon you. It is the one and true and living thing that can give you something you never had before. And you may say, oh, Pastor King. We don't do that up in here. I'm not asking you to do it like I do it. I'm not asking you to be who I am. But I'm asking you to go in your prayer closet and say, God, ain't the mercy for me. Whatever I haven't called on you before. If I've only 
only called on God the Father. And I've only called on God the Son. And it's only an emergency that I called on the Holy Spirit. Today is an emergency. Today is an emergency. Give me home court advantage. And let the Spirit of the Lord breathe down on me. Let me walk like I've never walked before. Let me talk like I've never talked before. Breathe down on me. Breathe down on me. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Breathe down on my people. Let the Spirit of the Lord come on them. Come on down. Come on down. No, you did. Let him again. Call on the spirit. For today is a new day. Today is a new day. May the Lord thy God rain down. The doors of the church are open.